Welcome to the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Smelser. The Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast is the shared journey of building a real estate investment property business from square one. Join me as we learn together how to conquer the real estate game to reach financial freedom. Together, we will learn from people in all areas of real estate and business in our personal trek towards escaping the rat race. Be you. Do the work you love. Play the long game. What is up, my people? I'm glad to be back with you for another episode of the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today, we are bringing the heat, baby. We got a good one for you. Today, I'm interviewing George Mevawala. George is the man. This guy is making it rain over in Airbnb. This guy quit his day job and is making over 100000 bucks a year just managing his Airbnb properties. That does not even include the passive income, passive quote unquote, that he is uh, making off of owning these properties. He's got, I believe, 16 Airbnb properties and is also selling properties to uh, to other investors that are trying to do the same thing. This guy is going to give you a ton of good information if you're interested in owning and operating your own Airbnb properties. Uh, George is out in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, I think you're going to really, really enjoy this episode. Uh, side note, this is our last episode to have this old school music at the beginning and end of our podcast. Next episode, we're going to switch it up and uh, bring in some new music. So pour one out for our old music and all the that's going away. I know. Super sad. So anyway, without further ado, sit back, relax and have a rotten time. George, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for carving out some time to join us on the Daily Real Estate Investor. Thank you so much for having me. I I, uh, I support what you're doing and i um, more than happy to uh, be featured. It's actually quite an honor. Absolutely, man. We're, we're, uh, we're honored to have you on this side too. So George Mevawala is our guest today. Uh, George is out of Phoenix, Arizona, and he is going to share with us how to make $100,000 as a side hustle on Airbnb properties. Super interesting to me, and I know it will be very interesting to our listeners as well. Um, George, let's dive in, man. Um, tell us kind of how you you got to where you are today and you were able to kind of work with Airbnb properties. Yeah, so um, I have been in real estate now for just about 10 years. I graduated back in uh, 2010 um, from Arizona State University, where I had already kind of had my foot in the door interning in commercial real estate. And um, so I kind of graduated right when, you know, times were bad. You know, the market was completely, you know, completely spiraled down. And uh, it was not a good time to go into real estate, unfortunately. But that's kind of how I got my foot in the door in commercial real estate as as a commercial property manager. Um, wasn't necessarily, you know, the most exciting line of work to go into, but I learned a lot. Um, so I spent about six and a half years in commercial real estate, um, working for a couple of really good firms out here locally and, um, you know, learned a lot, but kind of spent that time while I was you know, a licensed commercial real estate agent slash property manager, I uh, managed about 
3 million square feet. Um, my heart was always in the residential side. Um, so during this time, um, if we, you know, we, 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 we go back a few years, you know, the Phoenixes, the Las Vegas the, the Miamis, all of these cities were just completely destroyed. I mean, you could get properties back in 2011 and 2012 for a quarter of the dollar, you know, of what it's worth now. Wow. Um, you know, we had a huge pullback. There was a lot, lot of foreclosures, a lot of short sales. Um, and it was actually really sad, but, um, you know, at that time, it was a great time to be an investor and it was a great time to be a young guy getting into the game. So I kind of lucked out and picked up a couple of properties that um, at the time were, you know, I picked up two and they were strictly, you know, they were long-term investments that I got for, you know, about 50% the price of what the last guy got it for. Oh, wow. um, so com- very, very, um, you know, near value add pricing. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I did a couple of modifications to it. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Did them for as long-term rentals for a year. And this is kind of right as we are now transitioning into about 2014 where um, they're, you know, I'm learning about this niche from one of my friends. He starts talking to me about uh, Airbnb and VRBO. And I go, what the heck's that? He goes, you need, you know what, you need to Airbnb one of those because they're both in Old Town Scottsdale, which is out here. That's kind of like the Las Vegas strip for us. So we have a huge sector of tourism that at the time back in 14 was growing, but now is absolutely just on a whole nother level now that in 2019. But so at the time I kind of, I'm like, okay, we know why I looked into it and, you know, I started to kind of, you know, formulate my model and, um, I, you know, I furnished it. I, you know, got all the, I, I kind of followed the manual that he had given me and um, started out my first year as a short-term rental or Airbnb property. And, um, you know, there was a lot of you know, trials and tribulations from that year that I've learned, but um, it cash flowed. And then, you know, I, I basically formulated a model where I could make my entire mortgage in for the entire year in two and a half months my, t- wow. my debt service for the entire year based off of our what's known as seasonal income so our popular season out here is springtime and um so i kind of formulated this that i was you know i was grossing about four to six thousand a month january through april um and so once i got the first one down it was kind of like when a light bulb goes off in someone's head i was like you know I need to get the other one rocking and rolling and I need to get as many of these as I can. So over the next course of the next few years, I started to basically partner up and invest in as many as I could. And which brings us to today, you know, present day, I've got ownership and, you know, eight and I, and I'll actually manage 16 soon to be my 17th. Um, I'm kind of a boutique guy. Um, but from the management side, I, you know, I, I make over a hundred thousand dollars a year right now. Currently I do this just as a side hustle from, you know, my house, from my phone. Um, you know, it's a very, very, very awesome opportunity for me to basically, um, meet lots of great different people from all over the world. 
Um, I'm a super host on Airbnb. I've got over 321 five-star reviews. Um, you know, it, it's just a fantastic opportunity and it's also been a great learning curve for me. Um, you know, feedback on the properties is amazing. It's kind of like running your own little resort. Um, but you also get to like, you know, you get all these different people that are just so ain't like, you know, everyone's just like loves to give their feedback, which can be good and bad. Sure. <laughs> but, um, it's just been, it's just been such a blessing for me. And, um, you know, there, it hasn't been all peaches and cream. I, I gotta be completely honest with you, but it's, it's to where I've come in the last, you know, few years, my growth level has been tremendous. And I'm, I'm at that point now where, you know, I'm starting to look at small, I, you know, from an acquisition standpoint, the next play is, you know, a 12 plex or four, you know, I'm trying to get my own little complex here. Sure. Which, and then we're also acquiring, um, you know, we're looking at a couple different opportunities here, but, um, it's opened up a lot of doors. Very, very cool. So there's a lot of things I want to unpack, uh, there that you said, but man, that's amazing. So you're, you're making a hundred thousand dollars off just managing these properties. Is that right? Correct. That's amazing. Yeah, correct. That doesn't even correct. include uh, the profit you're making off cash flow, right? That's in addition no. to the hundred thousand. No. Yeah. Because yeah. because yeah. So every every single property is structured differently. You have a different partnership. Some some I'm a you know fifty percent owner, one or one I'm a one third owner, or you know I've kind of got different you know different because I'm partnered up with buddies, I'm partnered up with family. But I just knew that when I got into this that I wanted to once I kind of you know, my little niche of friends and family, I wanted to kind of make sure they knew that, you know, most of my condos and townhouses on average gross about 30 to 35,000 a year. And then the single family residents can gross as high as 65 to 70. So, um, uh, so the, the realtor in me, an investor in me was like, okay, I want to invest in as many of these as possible. Um, and I also want to sell this platform um, to anyone that's interested in it, because a lot of people like to buy vacation homes out here um, in Scottsdale and Phoenix. But I, I, I also wanted to, um, you know, give the opportunity because I have all that experience of being a property manager uh, to manage a select few, which I have to actually had to turn down several people because I just I, I took on I'm, I'm a one stop shop guy, owner, manager on my own. Um, I couldn't take on all the business. So um, for some of my other clients that have used me as, as the realtor, I, I like to just share all my knowledge and kind of help them build their own platform and um, give them my, give them all the tools they need and, or refer them out to another local management company, short-term super, rental. Super, super cool. Okay. So you're, you've got eight properties yourself that you own and then you, Correct. and then you're managing how many total? So it's a total portfolio of 16. We just 16. closed on how we just closed on house of blues, okay. um, a fully furnished one bed, one bath three days ago. And that's when I'm managing, um, that we actually just, just got up on the platform. So that was, that was lucky number 16. Gotcha. So the 16 you manage eight are your own and eight are, are, uh, other properties. Is that correct? Correct. They're, okay. They're, 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 yeah. Good deal. Okay. So let's, let's first unpack how, um, how the management fee is structured because, um, you've been able, you were talking to me about this before we started our, our podcast, but you've been able to achieve financial freedom through your real estate work, which is what everybody wants or most people want that are listening to this podcast. So let's talk about, I know these short-term rentals, 
um, require their management intensive. So let's let's talk about how the management fee is structured on these and what what the management of these type properties normally entails. Okay, absolutely. Great, great question. Um, so let's say you are one of my clients. You just bought this property and there could be one of two options. Um, when I negotiate them, sometimes we try and get in um, from someone else that had already had it as a vacation rental. So we, it's known as a fully furnished vacation rental and or one that we have to start from scratch. Um, either way, let's say you're buying this, you're out of state, I'm your guy, you buy it. Chances are you came out here during the inspection. You saw it. Okay, great. You go back. We closed. George, I'm tied up at work. Okay, well, now I'm going to have to step in here like I would <laughs> kind of do, and we got to get this thing furnished. So I'm kind of one of those over-the-top guys where I, I kind of let my uh, resources step in. I've got a wholesaler team for furnishing. I've got my maids. I've got all my economies of scale out here. So basically what I do is I offer a tier one of it's 20% of the gross rents. Um, and what that basically is what most people go with is I take on everything from setting up the platform, you know, platform management, full service management, which is all the platform. So platform management is on the Airbnb page. I am the face of that page and I'm going to message all of so all the prospective guests that are going to reach out. So you're reaching out to me and you want to stay at one of my units from April 1st through 11th. You reach out and you can message me and say, hey, George, I love that four bedroom home you have in Old Town. Just wanted to know if the pool was heated and um, if you could maybe cut me a 5% break for these dates. I'm going to respond to that and I'm going to be, you know, the fact that I'm a super host, I don't really have to, you know, wheel and deal like I used to. Most of them are just instant books where, where the, the guests can just book on their own. Um, but I'm going to handle all of the correspondence from the time that they book all the way until their arrival with assuring that they get in there. I'm going to have my maids assure that the house is in five-star resort ready condition. I handle getting the, the complimentary bottle of wine there, the thank you note, all the toiletries, assure that the Wi-Fi is working, everything, the all-access guide is there with all the local attractions, recommendations. I make sure everything's perfect. And I audit every single one of my units. I can't get to them after every you know, check-in and check-out, because I, but I have a really good made service that I use, but I they, they never know when I'm going to audit them. Sure. So I audit, you know, I try to audit at least for a week. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, so let's talk about these expenses. Okay. The, the cleaning expense, the Wi-Fi, the, the utilities, you know, you're passing all this along to the owner, correct? You're not, that's not coming Co out of your management fee. Correct. Okay. So correct. the, so the furnishing of the property, you're passing that along to the, the, uh, the owner as well. Okay. Yes. So are you, yes. I've, I've heard about, you know, different ways to furnish these, obviously, there's a wide range of what you could do with something like this. And I've heard that themes are really popular in Airbnb properties. How have you furnished your properties and how do you approach that? Yeah. So I, I like for every single property to kind of tell its own different story. Um, I never really looked at myself, you know, as a designer before, but, um, you know, me and, um, you know, me and my girlfriend, we have a lot of fun with it. I think I'm at the point now here where I've done so many of them that we like to do things different. So, um, themes can be like, let's say I come into one and like, like the, we'll use house of blues, for example, this one we just closed on, it was already an up and running vacation rental, but 
you know, it had a blue accent wall and some really nice decor and stuff. So we were like, okay, let's call this house of blues. This will be cool. <laughs> and we're just going to put a couple new paintings in there. But if I use an example of one that I designed from scratch, I just finished one of my new projects in old town. It was a two bedroom, one bath, a complete gut job townhouse. We acquired this for 171,000 back in October we closed. It took about two and a half months to do the remodel. We put about 35,000. And by we, I mean, me and my dad, we bought this one. Um, and from this one, we kind of went with more of a, um, like, you know, sleek, very light, mindful gray colors, the light porcelain planks. I like to put the, you know, it's the wood-like looking floor in. It's a lot easier to maintain for the maids. I do not like carpet. Um, carpet's a big no, no, um, with the kind of turnarounds that we see. Um, I like to keep very modern, you know, uh, new fit the, the new fans, a nest thermostat. I like to smart home them out. And just on that note too, every single one of my units has a, what's known as a smart lock on it. So mm-hmm. the key, they're all keypad entry where, you know, I, I can set, um, from my phone, a new code for every group. And then have a certain code for the maid, certain code for, you know, as a admin one. And I kind of just like to, you know, I like to switch them up every couple of groups just so we make sure that, you know, keep it fresh. Sure. Um, so but, is there, uh, is there an app for, uh, for managing that? Like, how do you do that from your phone? So you can do it just from like, like I have this certain Schlage lock that, okay. yeah, there, there is an app. It's okay. The Schlage one, you basically just do it, but, Very cool. um, definitely recommend it for anyone listening that is interested in getting to, into an Airbnb, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, when I started off and this is, you know, we live and we learn from it. I had had the, you know, manual lockbox on and, you know, I'd say probably one out of seven or eight people, it would get jammed. Um, definitely recommend getting the smart lock just from the get go. It's, it's, it will save you money over time investing into having a keypad entry. Good deal. And do you have the thermostat regulated from, uh, from where you are as well, or? Yeah. So I kind of, um, when I say I have the nest, it's more of a thing for me to get, yeah, I, I can control them from my phone. Um, you can only have so many accounts on a nest. So I have like four nest accounts, okay. but, um, basically, um, I do that more as a, when I guess checks out so that I can turn it off if they don't, I don't ever like mess with it at all. Cause I want my guests to have as comfortable of a stay as possible. Um, but yeah, it is pretty awesome to be able to just know like, Oh, someone just checked out maids might not be able to be there until late, later in the afternoon. They've got the AC, you know, at 64 degrees. Why don't we just kind of turn that off real quick? Um, yeah, definitely helps. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. So let, let's talk about just your, your average single family Airbnb property. What does okay. that, what is that property grossing a year? Just the average. So, so now for single family, I've got two four bedroom homes. Okay. Um, both have heated pools. Okay. And both we have set up so that they sleep ten to twelve. Okay. That those are more in that sixty five to seventy range. I want to say closer to sixty five thousand a year. Okay. Um, and now you know when we were mentioning expenses earlier, that's one thing duly to note though is that we do have higher expenses. Sure. Um, you know we got the gas line for the pool. We, um, we've got, you know, landscaper, pool maintenance, um, pest control, things, things definitely add up a little bit more. 
on the utilities and stuff, but it's still pencils. But in my opinion, the condos and townhouses actually end up, they pencil better. Um, It's kind of like, you know, you could get two condos for the price of one single family home. Mm -hmm. um, And then you've got a diversification of two and they're less maintenance. Um, that's kind of how it boils out for a lot of my investors when they're analyzing, well, should I go to one single family or should I get two condos or townhouses? And it always, you know, it's kind of a preference. Some people like to actually use these. So if it's someone's investing in a vacation home, they might actually want to come out here and stay out here, you know, a couple times a year. Um, you know, Scottsdale is a, is a popular destination on the map now. Um, if it's just a pure investor, it might just be strictly about what's, what's my cash and cash return going to be. Sure. Okay. So, so a single, one of your single families, you said they're grossing around 70,000 a year. So we're at about $6,000 gross a month. Yes. What, what's your just gross operating expenses per month on one of those usually run just ballpark? Probably about, let's just use a flat line averaged out about 2,300 a month. Okay. So, so less than 50%. Correct. That's great. Okay. So you're, you're netting what? 30, 3,700 a month. On, Correct. Uh, okay. Is that and after, is that after uh, property management's taken out? That would be before. Okay. So before that would be, management. that, that, okay. that would be the way to look at it is if you were an investor, you would look at that as, okay. So on top of that, now I've got to pay, I've got to pay my, my, my management of 20%, but um, you know, the numbers, still seem to make a lot of people smile. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you, what is the investor typically netting on these single families after property management? Let's see, we've got 6,000, 20% of that would be 1200. So minus, what'd you say? Um, what was the typical operating expenses? 30, 3,200 so or 23? 20, uh, tw- about 23 okay. would be with everything with debt services. Okay. Um, okay. So I've got, uh, Oh, okay. So I've got $2,500 of NOI after management fee on about a $6,000 gross. So that's, you're, you're basically walking away with about 42% profit margin on that gross income, which, which is good because it's so high, you know, Correct. and the, the operating expenses, the operating expense ratio is going to be lower on a single family property that's got a long-term tenant in it than it is something that's turning over a lot, which is to be expected. So, um, that's, that's really good. Okay. So you've got, you know, essentially 2,500 bucks of, of profit per month per property, which is, you know, on the, and then I'm guessing how much is your debt service on one of these just on average taxes and insurance and everything. So probably closer to about seventeen, seventeen fifty. Okay. So that gives us seven hundred fifty bucks a month in in take home cash on cash, which you know single family investors a lot are looking for, you know one to two hundred bucks a month. This is almost four times. You know this is almost eight. You know four times the two hundred. So you're getting you know obviously a lot higher return. There's more, there's more management involved, but it seems like, you know, when you find the the niche, like, like you found, it can be a really lucrative thing. And on top of that, you're managing these. So you've got that coming in as well, which is huge for you. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like, um, I, I kind of look at it like it's, 
it's it's what what I what for me it's kind of ca- I call it the trifecta. I've got I get the commission off the sell, then I also get the management from when I when the, the gross you know residuals from managing it, and then I also get the appreciation. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's and then you know one could look at that too is if you're you know, as an investor buying it is that, you know, you get the appreciation and the, and the cash flow, and then you get the five-star manager because a lot of, a lot of my clients tell me that I'm kind of really, they try and find a me in their other city where they've got it, whether it be Charlotte. Um, one of my clients has over 20 short-term rentals in Charlotte. Um, another has some in Vegas and another has some in uh, Seattle. Um, and, you know, basically everyone's told me that it's kind of hard to get, that boutique style management um, where, you know, someone like me who I, I, you know, even down to little things, you know, there's always going to be mistakes in any type of a hospitality business and, or, um, you know, my maids aren't perfect down to, or let's say there's some supplies missing. You know, there's, let's just use a very microscopic example of someone arrives, they check in, um, everything's going great there. And all of a sudden we have some kind of an issue in that place, which can happen every now and then, you know, um, whether it be the Wi-Fi goes out, uh, or if there wasn't enough laundry detergent there or something like that, you know, a lot of that stuff, people would think once you kind of get to my level, you just delegate that out. Uh, you'll see me on my way over there going, shaking the guest's hand and dropping off, whatever that is. I still don't me. It's still, very prideful to me. And, you know, I'd rather, you know, make the guest happy so that we can save the review in that situation uh, to get the five-star review. And then also to get the guest retention so that next time they're in Scottsdale, they're going to come back and most likely stay in one of my units. That makes a lot of sense. So you're, you're kind of providing this white glove service um, for your owners uh, in return, you're getting paid well and they're getting excellent service. They get good reviews. It's a positive feedback loop, right? That they, the good reviews begat more business which makes more money and everybody does well. So that's, that's great, man. Um, okay. So let's, let's ask about a big, like the elephant in the room on this for me, how can you know on the front end that this is allowed? Like there's been a lot of regulations and the regulations differ in different markets. I'm very interested in this, in this, uh, you know, this business myself, what can I do to guarantee that I don't buy a property and set up my Airbnb and then the neighbors complain and the city shut me down? Great question. Um, so out here in Arizona, we, a couple of years ago, our governor, um, Doug, is very pro short-term rental. We got really lucky. He re- he, he released slash um, banned the, the, the um, short-term rental ban that we had had for under 31-day rentals throughout the Phoenix market. So essentially before we did have a restriction, this was like, less than four years ago this bit this was just just withdrawn withdrawn it was basically even for single family residences uh under 31 day rentals was not allowed and they changed that as because um the what the cities are going to care about the most and when when even when they put these bands a lot of people are going to think that's going to revolve around um what the tenants and the neighbors no they care about getting what's known as the lodging tax um, Airbnb, uh, submits that on behalf of hosts out here in Arizona. So, um, if you Airbnb out your place and let's say you do a part-time a room and, or if you're someone like me who's got multiple properties, Airbnb, every time someone books, 
that lodging tax, you know, the cities that is already going to be submitted to the city on behalf of us through Airbnb. That's the biggest thing that a lot of cities are, are concerned about um, is that they're not getting, a lot of people are doing it and they're not getting, you know, in other cities where let's say it's not submitted on behalf of by the platforms, um, people are, are forgetting to submit that to the city on the end of every year. So they're not getting their tax, they're not getting their hotel tax, um, their lodging tax. And so that is a big concern as to why there's been a lot of issues, you know, bans. And obviously cities like, you know, where it's really sad, like Lake, Lake Tahoe recently, um, they are, you know, they are putting more, you know, restrictions on it. So the biggest thing to do is to check with your city and to check the tourism sector, check, you know, to make sure that, you know, if you're in an HOA, read the CCNRs. So out here, for example, there are complexes that, you know, even though the city allows it, that the, the CCNRs for the HOA can still step in and take precedent over that saying, hey, we don't allow them. And at that stage of the game, you kind of have to analyze, you know, well, if they don't allow it, maybe you go talk to your community manager, you talk to your neighbors, get a feel for it, um, see what's, you know, read what the what the violations are. Is this going to be a fine first defense? Is this going to be a slap on the wrist and a warning? Um, that's kind of what I did is I went straight down to make sure before, you know, you go through all this mess, you know, of, you know, investing in, you know, $5,000 worth of furniture, getting it up on the platform and everything, you know, you don't want to get, you know, week five and get hit with a hit with a letter from your HOA saying, Hey, you know, you're not allowed to to do this, or we got a complaint suspicion that you're doing under 31 day rentals. We call it the, the, the vacation rental police. You don't want the vacation rental police to come knocking on your door. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that being said, yes, it's a, um, every state and city varies. Um, and uh, you know, that why this was able to grow, and I was able to be so prosperous out here was because we're a very, if you, if you go look up, if anyone listening or, you know, you go look up Arizona, we're one of the most pro short-term rental states in the nation. Very cool. So start with the city, make sure it's okay at that level. Then if you have an HOA, make sure it's okay at that level. If, if there is no HOA, which I'm assuming is typically much easier to do a, an Airbnb with, without an HOA there. Um, in the city okays it, I guess you're good to go, right? Absolutely. Okay. If, if the city okays it, there's no HOA, you should have no issues. Okay. Um, you know, you can or can't, you know, most, most condominium complexes or townhouses do have, you know, most of them have HOAs, but sure. if for whatever reason yours didn't, it might not be a bad idea, you know, just to knock on your neighbor's doors and let them know what you're doing, give them your card, um, and say, Hey, if there's ever any, issue with noise, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and, um, I will handle it personally. Sure. Um, like to be on that personal level, but that's kind of, that's kind of the way that I, I handle it. Sure. Okay. Um, give us the two minute, you know, how does someone get their property onto Airbnb and open it up, uh, to be used as a Airbnb rental? So it's actually, the system is very, very easy. Um, so let's say you have a property and let's say it's just your primary. Um, you've lived in there and you know, you've been there for almost a year and, um, you know, you're like, okay, um, all of a sudden I've lived here a year. So, you know, I've met the 12 month guideline. I want to make some extra cash flow here. Um, 
I've got this awesome two bed, two bath. I'm just using an example for like, just, you know, a regular off the top of my head scenario of someone who, you know, might have a place that the roommate moved out and all of a sudden, okay, well, I got this place. I'm going to go move in with my girlfriend or something. Um, you, what you start off doing is um, you kind of got to audit it to make sure it, it is, you know, people kind of have to use common sense judgment here, but you want to make sure that that place is in rentable condition. Um, kind of picture your favorite hotel and ask yourself, you know, could, you know, could could my boss stay here? Could my mom stay here? Or, sure. um, and then get that thing professionally cleaned. Then you're going to want to go get some professional photos done. Um, you know, out here, I've got a company I use. Um, can I give a shout out or absolutely? That, yeah, go for it. Uh, okay, cool. I use a company called Lister Pros. They're awesome. They do all my listings for real estate, but they also do all my Airbnbs. It's a hundred dollar package for like 35 photos. They come and they send them to me. And I am telling everyone listening, Please, please, please invest in professional photos. It makes such a difference. Totally, um, totally, yeah. So get your professional photos and you go on the platform. Let's say you're doing Airbnb or VRBO. You kind of just walk through, you enter the address, you enter a description, you make a name for it. It could be, you know, like Old Town Scottsdale Retreat. You, you want to think of something and fill up that headline as much as you can. Put as much in there uh, as possible. And there's little, there's like little different ways you can do it you want to kind of try and you know um for all your prospective guests get as much information as possible if you're near a stadium try to include that spring training is huge out here so we've got you know we got just about you know we got the cubbies we got um the, we got we got a bunch of different teams that flock out here so i'll try and you know based on the time of the year either change it around that or you know, we get the Phoenix open, we get the Barrett Jackson um, car auctions. So you try, you, you might want to try and aim towards the event that's in that season. Cause you can change your name as much as you want sure. or whatever it is, you know, half a mile from entertainment district, try and fit as much in there so that you're going to make, you know, yours is going to grab the attention over the other listing, you sure. know? Um, and that's an advantage of, as you get more reviews, you can be, get become what's known as a super host. And that's what I am. So once you become a super host, some guests can actually filter out on the platform that they only want to stay with a super host. And then your, your, your listings are going to pop up before those that are not super hosts. Good deal. Uh, man, so much good information here. Thank you. Um, thank you for all these tips and tricks. Um, tell us uh, real quickly, tell us about your, your best experience with one of these Airbnbs and your worst. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I think one of my, okay, best experience. Okay. I, I would say it was probably a recent stay of mine. Um, an amazing couple staying at my golf course Haven. I've got this um, two bedroom, two bath um, condo. That's got beautiful views of Camelback mountain and the continental golf course out here, which is in South Scottsdale near old town. Um, I had this lovely couple um, from Montana. They were just the nicest people staying there um it was a two-month $6,500 booking right before peak season and um they had you know went so well I didn't really hear that much from them you know and then at the end of the stay they actually called me and just wanted to thank me so much that they invited me to come and stay at their vacation home out um where they were from. And I um, actually ended up looking it up and it was this beautiful big home. They're like, you and your girlfriend, you can come use it whenever you want for free. <laughs> um, 
it's just very nice people and they left the place in great condition and they actually left me um like some some cool stuff like they left me some like really expensive golf balls and stuff left over and very cool, cool stuff and it was just very very nice and i mean like um like i would say like i would probably say about 90 to 95 percentile will go really smooth of of this and you'll have just really awesome people and then there's probably that remainder percentage uh five to maybe say eight percent where you know there's just some people you can't make happy or some things sure. that are just unforeseen but that's just like any business so we just try our best but um i would say probably oh man i have a couple of what's the craziest thing that's happened at one of your airbnbs while you were renting it okay so craziest thing would probably have been for one of the houses we had it was thanksgiving uh last year um and i get a call from the guest and he's telling he told me that the water heater is not working so somehow i managed to get my contractor to leave his house on thanksgiving oh, to come man. with me to go to this house to go check and see what's going on so we go there and when we show up we see a lot of cars outside i'm like oh my gosh um so we go in there there must be like 25 people in this house i'm like oh no and there's just a bunch of people um in the backyard you know in the pool partying and stuff and i really didn't want to see it (laughs) i was like oh man i'm here um and um so basically yeah it was kind of like i kind of like it's kind of like what nothing was like the house wasn't like they were respecting the house like the house is fine it's just they had like three times as many people there as they were supposed to. But we went there to go assess the water heater and we actually managed to, we had to end up replacing it, but um, it was an emergency situation. But while I was there, there's people just like, you know, having fun in the pool. Um, You know, there might've been, they were talking about skinny dipping and stuff. I was like, all right guys, (laughs) y'all can't do, I go one, y'all can't do that. It's two, everyone needs to clear out of here by like 2 a.m. Like meaning like all these extra people. And there was no noise complaints, no cops. It was just, you know, you know, college kids having fun, but it was kind of funny to walk in that. I I just like, you know, I'm, I'm 30. I mean, I went to ASU. I was in a fraternity. I I, I was all that stuff, but it was just kind of funny. You know, when you see it, you walk into your property, like, like it's so different (laughs) because I pictured back to my fraternity house days and I was like, just walk in and I'm like, Oh, your heart just kind of, cl- yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're like animal house. Movie. Yeah. You know, that's like, what I'm picturing. I'm, pic- I'm, 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 I'm picturing Frank the tank, you know, just yeah, going off. Yeah. So yeah, but, 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 but thank God, uh, nothing was hurt in that situation. Um, but, um, that was one. And then I think, I think the only, another really crazy story would have been, um, I had one time had someone, um, basically break some glass in one of my units which was not which was not a fun scenario um and luckily though um when they called me um we were able to get in there immediately and just completely get everything cleaned up professionally um i was very ocd because like i'm like i don't want any glass in this like this whole someone just basically just shattered an entire table coffee table oh wow um and i guess like the guy had accidentally like he, I think it was kind of, they were out here for a golfing event and I think he kind of just like passed out onto the coffee table, but, but think there was no, like there was no, um, what's the right word called here resolution. They didn't come with their hand out or anything. It was more just 
they were actually more just concerned about hurting the coffee table. <laughs> and I was so concerned about this guy. Oh man. Um, and he just, I think he just had one too many on the course and we got it all cleaned up and he was okay. And, uh, but that could have been a nightmare situation for me. Um, you know, people, you know, that's another thing too. You know, a lot of people ask me all the time, you know, what's the liability side like, like just hasn't, has anyone ever tripped and fallen and come at you? you? I said, you know, I've got, I've got an umbrella, so I've got a really good insurance policy and I recommend those two with anyone that's looking to do this, you know, get an extra million dollar policy. If you are going to be managing multiple properties, it's just good to have. I haven't had to use it yet. Thank God, knock on wood. Um, but it's just always good to be safe because you don't know. But I do want to say for the most part, you know, most people are good people and most people are going to respect these homes like they're their own. So cool. Awesome, man. All right, let's do our random time for random questions. And the first, the first thing I'm going to hit you with is give me just three bullet points of the best practices for, for, managing and growing your Airbnb uh, business? Okay. First is going to be time management. Um, time management is very important. Um, make sure that you utilize how much time you want to spend on each property. Um, okay. I've learned over time that there's a lot of different ways to make this easier for me. Like, like there's automated systems you can do. So you can send out, uh, if you want to cut a couple hours of your time a week from actually sending messages you can get automated messages at least for the check-ins and checkouts and midstays so that it's going to cut your time into only having to answer any questions like you know is your you know when someone reaches out about how far away are you from fashion square which is our mall or you know um how far are you from the airport or do you allow dogs and that way it cuts some of that sure um so that's going to be item one item two is it's very important as you know you can kind of tell from the item one is, is communication. Um, you are, you are being timed. So at all times I have a hundred percent response rate and I have to keep that. So, um, this is, I guess one of the, <laughs> uh, you know, so the pros of this kind of gig is that you can do it from your phone or your laptop anywhere in the world. Okay. It's a huge pro. Um, one of the cons is, you know, you might be on your phone or laptop more than you'd like to, but, um, you know, for me, it's, it's, this is a business and, you know, you're running a hospitality business. And if someone reaches out to me, I want to make sure I try to get back to them within an hour. Um, but you, be, but you know, that's you know, super, super mode. I would say get back to them within three to four hours tops. So communication is, and that can be, that can be referring to if someone's reaching out for an inquiry for a booking, um, you know, they might be reaching out to you and I'm reaching out to seven other people. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm very competitive. I like to win. <laughs> sure. Um, so I like to just always do everything I can to try and secure that booking other, other than my competition. And, um, I have a pretty high over 85% retention rate that when I message someone to answer their question that they book with me. Nice. I love it. All right. Uh, third, what would be your third bullet point for, for knocking it out of the park in this business? <clears throat> Um, so, uh, definitely having a, uh, some kind of a play, like a playbook of my playbook. I mean, having some kind of, uh, a set system down of delegations of vendors, have gotcha. your emergency contacts, delegate who's going to be your host. Uh, you're allowed to have what's known as a super host, which when I was kind of mentioning that earlier too, another unique thing about me is that I let my clients actually be my super host or sorry, be my co-host. So, 
um, if, if someone's partnered up with me on a property or I'm managing for them, um, they could be my co-host to just kind of see all the trails of everything. They get to see all our bookings, see all the financials, but then we also get to see all the correspondences. But then another ding, 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 is they get to be my emergency contact in the event that I'm on a plane somewhere or if I am in a meeting or if, you know, there are some situations I am human. So there are some times where I can't be there and it's good to have a, have a system down with, with all my clients and or business partners where, Hey, look, you don't need to step in unless you need to step in sure. and I'll usually let them know. And most people are actually really happy. A lot of people get excited about it and actually want to be engaged. Um, so it, like my mom, for example, she just loves to be a part. I'm partnered up with her and my dad on two properties and mm-hmm. she loves to be able to step in and message people back and, yeah. you know, it gets people excited and I, and it makes me happy knowing that. And that's another reason why I love this so much is that it's, it's so fun to see other people have so much fun about making money. And, um, but, uh, so on that, make sure you got a good locksmith, make sure you got a good HVAC guy, make sure you got a good plumber and make sure you got a good maid. Yeah, absolutely. Do not try and clean the place yourself. I learned that from experience. Um, but I needed to learn that that was a part of my trials and tribulations. Um, you know, when you, when someone's paying a thousand to $1,200 a week to stay at your place, they'll cut that corner. Yeah. Is there a, um, is there a good book on Airbnb ownership and management that you'd recommend? You know, no, there's not. And Maybe I mean, you need to write people, one. That, you know? that, that's what a, a lot of people are telling me that, that I need to do, you know, either a, a tell all or work on some kind of a, um, a system, which kind of explains this where it could work in any yeah. market. And I've been thinking about it. I just, you know, it's just kind of those things that you can't really have a grasp on that you really feel like you're, you know, I, I'm just, I, I kind of started like, yeah, like I don't, but people tell me I'm successful and I still kind of just like to hide under a rock and, yeah. you know, you know, I don't really feel like I'm like, I think of guys like that. I think of like, you know, um, like Gary V or someone and I'm yeah. like, I'm nowhere near that guy's level. So, but it is something that I do want to work on finding some kind of a system of sharing it so that this could work in Alabama. This yeah. could work in Texas. This Absolutely. Could work. Um, you know, cause I know in like Alabama, there's like Gulf Shores and you got all these beautiful, oh, yeah. um, different places. Um, and so that is something that is on my list, um, for future, future tasks that I would love to do. Cool, man. All right. Last random question. What is kind of a, an unknown, really cool thing to do in Scottsdale? Oh, great question, man. I love it. Um, so in Scottsdale, um, I don't want to say everyone probably knows. Do you know what the Phoenix open is? Uh, uh, do you like golf? Yeah. So it's that big golf tournament every year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come out here. It's at the end of January every year for the Phoenix open, um, which is really, really fun. It's just, it's at the TPC golf course in North Scottsdale. Um, we get like about a million visitors a year. Um, and uh, it's so much fun. Um, it's just, it's basically a four day, uh, excuse to party at a really nice golf course in North Scottsdale. But, um, I had the pr- privilege this year of going, um, to, uh, Bear Jackson with my, with my dad. And that's another really fun event that I wanted to recommend. If people like cars, it's really cool. A lot of classic cars, new cars, um, a bunch of cars are auctioned off and you get to go and see them. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. So I would recommend if anyone wants to come out and, January of 2020, um, 
it's every it's every January Bear Jackson car action auction. But another random fun thing to do out here is go hike Camelback Mountain. It's a really scenic, cool, steep mountain, and it kind of looks like a camel. Um, cool, gorgeous view, gorgeous views of the entire valley. Nice, nice, George, man, this has been awesome. Um, you've inspired me to uh, to to dip my toe into this. I was already wanting to, but now I got to dig into it to, to some more. There's just too much opportunity there. So, um, man, thanks so much for sharing this with the uh, the show and the listeners. I know this is going to really help a lot of people. And and you know, how can people get in touch with you if they would like to reach you with any questions or possibly investment? Yeah, absolutely. My um. So I could be found on my email address is G Mevawala. So G M E V A W A L A at gmail.com. Um, my Instagram name is at Mev city. So M E V C I T Y. Um, and can I give myself my cell number? Absolutely. Or? If you want to, sure. Okay, cool. And then my cell phone number is seven, one, three, two, four, eight, eight eight five five and i can be reached on any on you know social media platform and or email or call or text i'm, I'm available just about any time cool man well you're you're killing it you're you've inspired uh you've inspired us on this end keep uh keep knocking it out of the park thanks for sharing and uh we really uh appreciate your time thank you so much for having me man i, I really like i said once again i really appreciate what you're doing and all you stand for and uh like if anyone, including you, if you have any questions, man, feel free to reach out to, and I'm, I, I want to see everyone win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. All right. Thanks so much. Catch you later. All right, thank you. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to connect with you. So please hit me up on Instagram at daily real estate investor or on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. If you want to know more about this episode, check out our show notes along with the blog at dailyrealestateinvestor.com. And don't forget to sign up for the mailing list while you're there. We'll keep you up to date on the book in the works as well as new episodes. And tune in next time for another episode of the Daily Real Estate Investor. And do me a massive favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review for me and share the show with your friends. Your support means the absolute world to me. And know that I will do everything within my power to help you reach financial freedom through real estate investing. I love you each and believe you're capable of far more than you think possible.